Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Anybody knows what happens in Faith School? <laughs> My spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. God made us to overcome. He made us to win. He didn't make us to be defeated. He didn't make us to be destroyed. We are made in his likeness and image. How many would say God is a winner? Yes. You're made in his likeness and image. If you're made in the likeness and image of something, then you look like that. You're made like that. God, is, he's full of win. Amen. You know what I mean? He's full of victory. I mean, everything about him is success and power and light and life, and you are a chip off the block, Amen. right? You are a child of His. You have His spiritual DNA. Amen. You have His Spirit and His life in you. You are created to conquer. Amen. You are made to live yes, yes. and win. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are destined to succeed. And be victorious. Amen. Hallelujah. So anything contrary to that that you're experiencing, you need to remind yourself this is very, very temporary. Because I'm made to win. Right? And he always, say it out loud, he always causes me to triumph. Always causes me to win in him. Hallelujah. Get your Bible, get you something to make a note with, and let's learn more about that. Come on into the classroom. Father, all of us release faith, reaching out to you, laying hold on you. Give, give us, Lord, this day our daily bread, our, our spiritual food, uh, fresh manna from heaven that only you can give, and, and only you can do what it does inside us to nourish us spiritually. And quicken us inside. Give us answers and direction, we ask. And we purpose to follow it and walk in the light of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look again, please, to Luke, the 14th chapter. Continuing in our study of the individual healing accounts in the ministry of Jesus. And we're down to this account that we're calling the healing of the man with dropsy. And it's here just in these uh, six verses of Luke 14. It says, it came to pass, verse 1, as Jesus went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, they watched him. Behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. We studied earlier that that is edema. It is the pooling of fluids and what have you in the body so that the extremities and limbs and particularly you'll see it in the feet and ankles and whatever swell up real big and 
It's the retention of, of fluid and swelling. Uh, this man had this condition and he's right in front of Jesus, maybe right across a room from him or a table from him. I don't know. But that's why they're watching Jesus because they're expecting him to minister to the man. And they are what you might call unbelievers. They don't believe in Jesus, but his reputation for healing and compassion is so well known that in their mind, you get Jesus and a sick person in the room, you're going to have a healing today. And uh, that's how we should think, right? Because that's how he's always been. And um, so Jesus preempted them. He knows what they're thinking. He perceived it, I should say. He said to the lawyers who are considered experts in the law and the word, they were the scripture authorities. They even the religious leaders would confer to them, does this passage mean this? They are the experts in the law. And um, he said, so he asked them. He asked, can you see verse 3? Are you looking at it? He asks the lawyers, is it lawful? So he's, he's questioning their expertise in the law. We have lawyers here with us today of the word. So is it legal? Is it lawful, lawyers, to heal on the Sabbath day? He knew what they were thinking. But if they had been honest, he's trying to help them. If they'd been honest, what should they have immediately begun to think about? The law, right? If they're honest about what they're claiming their issue with him is, because Jesus is always ready to talk to you about the word. Always. He wants you to be a stickler for the word. He was, as he walked the earth, he's talking scripture, he's talking word all the time. And in this thing that he says about verse 5, which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Now, if you don't know the scripture, that won't mean as much to you. He is quoting law to them. He's quoting statute to them. And if they, if they were any kind of lawyer of the word, they are thinking chapter and verse when he says this. Let me, let me bring it to your attention here. In, uh, let's see, Exodus, the 23rd chapter. Exodus 23 and 4 and 5. This is the law. If you meet your enemy's ox or his ass <laughs> going astray, you will surely bring it back to him again. And if you see the ass of him that hateth you lying under his burden and would forbear to help him, you shall surely help with him. This is the law, right? Uh, the Lord... They're claiming to be such sticklers for the word. And he's giving them the word. And yet, they're ignoring it. In, the, in Deuteronomy 22, 
Deuteronomy 22, 4 says, You shall not see your brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him to lift them up again. So you actually would be breaking the law if you didn't help your brother or even an enemy get their donkey or their cow out of a distressing situation if you didn't help them get the animal out of distress on the Sabbath day or any day, you are breaking the law. Can you see this class? Oh, you, you just see the, the perfection of the master. You see the perfection of the spirit. You see the grace and you see the righteousness and you see the kindness and compassion. He, he's given them every opportunity to save face, right? Because they could have right then said, well, now that is the word, right? The lawyers could have piped up and said, yeah, that's uh, Deuteronomy 22, 4, right? Yeah, that's Exodus 23, 5. So uh, now we need to look at this again, <laughs> huh? Because it is written, huh? If they had been honest and were the sticklers for the word that they claimed to be, so it's not just, Jesus is not just taking some random example of animals in distress. This is straight from the Father. Can you see this? Straight from the Spirit through Him, giving them what they claim to be a champion of. They claim to be such sticklers for the Word, such champions of the law. So He gives them some law. Right? And they were already doing it. He said, Wouldn't, won't any, each one of you on the Sabbath untie his donkey? This is not even your donkey being in the ditch. This just donkey gets thirsty. Right? Your, your ox, your donkey on the Sabbath, it's hot out there. They got thirsty. You will not wait till tomorrow. You will loose them and let them go to the water trough, right? And let them get some refreshment. And that's right, because that's law. The Word says you're to help an animal in distress. In uh, Proverbs 12.10, you don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 12.10 says, A righteous man regards the life of his beast. But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Why would God include in holy writ, <laughs> preserved for all generations and time, and instructions about helping a cow or a donkey? Why would He do that? Because He is not cruel. Now, religion paints him to be. Religion attributes every evil thing in the world to God. Every bad thing. And if you believe that, no matter if you say it or not, you have to think, God must be cruel. Right? Look at what's happening here. Look at what's not happening. I mean, some of the most 
terrible things are happening on the planet. But God wants you to know he wouldn't do that to a cow. Oh, come on, can you see this? He wouldn't do that to a donkey. He's commanding you to show mercy. Is God unjust? Certainly God's not a hypocrite, right? I mean, you don't even like even saying the word. Uh, God is not going to tell you to be this way and then he is some other way, right? And so this is not a side thought about them taking care of their animals on the Sabbath day. This is a big deal. This is something that they, they would have immediately recognized. These Pharisees, these doctors of the law, they did spend time in the law and in the word. So when even using that phrase, if your ox or your ass, they know the rest of the verse. Right? Can you see that? They know the rest of the verses. Just like we do today. I start out with something, for God so loved. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Huh? Why? Because we know something about the, those scriptures. Well, they knew the law. And when he says, if, if your brothers are, are an enemy's ox or an ass, they knew the rest of it. They could find it. They could, they could unroll the scroll. They could put the fear. They are lawyers. Doctors of the law. They are experts in the law. And so he's showing them the hypocrisy or the ignorance or the confusion. And he's also revealing the compassion of God and the mercy of God. And this should strip away all of the religious garbage about is it God's will? Is it not God's will? Is it God's will to help an animal in distress? You don't need to debate about that. Right? You got your, your cow has wandered over there and fallen into an old well or something and, and, and is mooing and, and bellowing and, and in distress. You don't need to pray. Do I help the cow out? Right? You don't need to talk to your pastor about if it might be God's will or not. Right? You do it immediately. You do it without hesitation. You do it without delay. Somebody say without delay. Without, without delay. I like these, uh, these translations. Um, the Amplified says in verse 5 of chapter 14 of Luke there, it says, Will you not at once pull him out on the Sabbath day? The, the uh, Rotherham says, Will you not straightway pull him up on the day of rest? We already, we already talked about, we're living in the day of rest. Amen. We're living in the day and age of grace. And I like Philip's translation on this. It says, wouldn't you rescue him without the slightest hesitation? Don't you like that? Wouldn't you rescue him without the slightest hesitation? And so based on that, does Jesus have scripture for what he's doing on the Sabbath day? Come on, can you say, oh, yes, he does. Well, you know he does. The word I ain't going to violate the word, right? <laughs> the word is going to have the word. He got up in the word and he ministered in the word. He finished in the word. And so go back with me to, to Luke 14 and notice what he did. He, he said this based on the action that just took place. 
He asked the question, verse 3, is it lawful? And, and remember, verse 3, who's sitting there? Lawyers and Pharisees. So he asked the question, is it lawful? You might say it like this, lawyers, is it lawful? To what? To heal on the Sabbath day. Well, he knows in their minds, they're, they're not saying anything, but they're going, mm-mm. It's not. It is not. And we know that because just the previous chapter, the ruler of the synagogue, he pops up and says, there are six days in which men are to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And so he knows they're sitting there irritated. And so <laughs> what does he do? Verse four, they held their peace. They wouldn't answer him. Well, in the previous chapter with the woman, uh, the ruler of the synagogue got showed up real bad. So maybe that's all fresh in their mind. <laughs> they think it that didn't turn out good last time. So they just bite their tongue. And so he takes the man and healed him. And what? Come on, are y'all reading? And what? Huh? What did he do? He untied the donkey. Come on, can you see this? He untied the ox. What did he do? And that's then the very next thing he says. And which of you, having your donkey, your ox, fall into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Can you see what he did? He, he said, he gave him every opportunity. He said, is it lawful? Is it in the law? Is it lawful to heal? Is it permitted? Is it right? Is it wrong? And they sit there. He said, come here. <laughs> the man with the dropsy. So maybe he gets up with difficulty. Maybe somebody has to help him. Who knows? Maybe his legs are swelled five times their size. I don't know. He's, he's in a bad way. And it says he took him. And, and that phraseology has to do with laying hold of. So we got every reason to think he touched him. He laid hands on him. He got a hold of him and healed him. What does it mean? He ministered healing to him. There was anointing on him. Hallelujah. You know, the, the crowds, the masses sought to touch him for there went virtue or power out of him. And so he, he laid hands on him and ministered to him and then he let him go, which means he's loose. He, he no longer has this restriction. He's no longer tied down. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. To this, you know, having to try to walk with this, all this swelling and, and all this fluid. And, and this is perhaps is, you know, going to kill him. I mean, maybe it's backing up into his chest cavity and he can't breathe and, and all this kind of stuff. But now, he's breathing good. <laughs> I mean, where did all that fluid go? It's gone. He can get back in his skinny jeans. <laughs> now, you're laughing, but things have changed, right? I mean, he, things have changed. And the, and the Lord 
sends him out of there, lets him go. One, a couple of translations talk about he sent him away. Why? He needs to get out of this unbelieving environment. Can you see that? These guys are not pro-healing. Right? They are not. He doesn't need to hang around with this bunch. He could lose his healing. You know, the Lord said, on one, one of these other accounts, he said to the man uh, that was healed at the pool there, he said, uh, uh, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. So can you lose what you got? Yeah, and you could even wind up in worse shape. And so he, he looses him, he unties him, and kind of like the donkey, he goes, get on out of here. Hi, hi. <laughs> Yeah. So he's free trotting out the door. <laughs> and so you could feel then the tension in the room. The man's probably still praising God as he's going out the door. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 And um, Jesus turns back to this crowd. <laughs> he's in the ruler of the Pharisees' house. He's in their house. And the doctors of the law are there. And the Pharisees and the leaders. And they're not happy about this. Now boy, that shows a bad spirit right there. How could you not be happy over somebody who had this bad condition and you just saw them get free? You know they're happy about it. Why couldn't you be happy about it? Because it violates their idea, their religious Reasoning idea of God. They have recreated God in their image. They think he's like they are. And they're looking at God. Did they see God when they saw that healing? That's a little weak class. I said, did they see God? They saw God. Did they see God in that? They saw, are they hearing God when Jesus is talking? When he's bringing these thoughts up and these words, they are seeing God. They are hearing God and they don't like it. They don't like it. In John 8, it talks about Jesus said the scripture was fulfilled with him that they hated him without a cause. And they hated both him and his father. Now that's awful. But it's going on right now. People are seeing and hearing God through us through his church, through his people. They're seeing and hearing God, and some of them hate it. They scoff at it. They mock it. And they don't realize they're not just hating us. They're hating, we, we didn't give this to ourselves. We didn't write this, right? We didn't call ourselves. We didn't anoint ourselves. We didn't give ourselves utterance. We didn't do this. And so in hating us, I'm not saying we've done everything perfect. You know, I've made mistakes that you might not like, but not all of it. <laughs> there are significant parts of it that's him. He's speaking through us. He's doing things through us. And if you hate that, you hate him. Oh, but there's other people that love him. And when they see him through others, they go, that's him. <laughs> that's him. I like it. I want some more of it. <laughs> right? You do. When you recognize him, no matter how, where he's coming and who he's coming through, when you know him, you recognize him in them and through them. And so he, uh, 
they're, they're sitting there glaring, fuming, and the man's already gone. And so he looks at them and he says, now which one of you will have a donkey, a cow, fallen into a pit? Now, what did we just go over? When he said that, what would happen to them? They're thinking Exodus. Is that right? Deuteronomy. They know it. And if they had been honest, can you see this class? If they'd been honest, they'd have said, well, now that's, you know, that's the law. That's the law. And yeah, I, if they'd have been honest, they would acknowledge, well, you know that's right. I untie my donkey every Sabbath. Well, you know that's right. Yeah, you know, my, my neighbor next door, his cow got in the ditch, you know, last month. And Sabbath day, I went and helped him out because it's written. It's written. You'll help. But no, they just kept fuming. They just kept being mad, kept being upset. He said, won't you straightway, without hesitation, without delay, won't you at once pull it right out of the pit on the Sabbath day? Won't you do it? What was the answer? Come on. Every one of them. They should have went, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, will, we have. Did it last Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. It was time to repent. It was time to be honest. It was time to acknowledge something going on here that's bigger than what we know about, right? They could have had move of God, right? At the ruler of the synagogue. They've already had a miracle. Revival could have broke out. Is that right? Ran for six months at the synagogue. Is that right? <laughs> Man, could have had a move of God. But no, no, they didn't like it. And uh, he said, won't you do it? And they could not answer him again to these things. Uh, one translation says they had no answer. Another one said they couldn't dispute it. Another one said they were not able to meet his argument. Like the scripture said in Luke 21, 15, the Lord gives me a mouth and wisdom that all our adversaries cannot gainsay or resist. Hallelujah. Shut them up. It shut them down. They didn't change, but it shut them up for a little while anyway. And our time's up again today. Well, how many believe God is the healer and he never, ever changes? Amen. And he's a good God. Yes. He's kind to animals. He'll certainly be kind to his own kids. Amen. We'll see you again soon right back here in Faith School. Just like we were talking today about God uh, taking care of you uh, just as quick and just as uh, positively as He would an animal in distress, the Scripture also says that God feeds the birds. He feeds the animals. He takes care of nature. And shall He not also feed you? We have a right to believe with all of our partners and people that join us in faith. Uh, let me release faith over you right now. Father, we do agree together that all of our needs are met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We call every need met. We call every bill paid. If you would feed the birds, you will certainly feed us. We will be fed. We will be well cared for. Thank you, Lord for taking such good care of us. Well, we're continuing in our study. There's a lot more to come. 
Come back and join us again here next week and in the days to come here in Faith School. You and I are going from grace to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.